The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. Start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's the Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Thursday morning to you, November 9th, 7 a.m. Patrick and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on a cool and foggy morning out there. Foggy is like a blanket. What is going on out there? That is is as thick as I've ever seen it. I had fog all the way in this morning from the time I left my house to uh, getting here to the station. Now, in some areas, it did lift a little bit, but it's all around us. And most definitely, as the sun is coming up, uh, it's looking like a, I don't know, kind of a nice shade of lavender out there. It's kind of unusual. I guess uh, it's getting ready for Advent, right? It, <laughs> is that what it is? It does. It does have kind of that hue to it, though. It's, it's kind of an unusual cloud bank out there. But uh, be careful. If you're on the road, be extra careful. And again, uh, I think what is the rule? Avoid using those high beams because they will reflect off that, that exactly fog and right back at you. So you don't get quite as good of field of vision, not to mention the people that are coming at you. It's it, You want to be able to see them really, really well, too, because it's amazing. And I reminded all my kids this when I was teaching them to drive. It is amazing how quickly... When cars are coming at each other from opposite lanes, how they can close a space in a matter of seconds. So don't think because, you know, you can't see that far ahead of you because in this kind of fog, just as quick as you can see them. You're like one of those driver's ed films. Is that it? (laughs) I never liked that. So when I was in high school, we had driver's ed in school as part of classes. We could take driver's ed. They don't do that anymore. I know. All the kids are missing out. Remember we used to go in the, uh, we had a trailer that had like pretend cars in them. Right? Those were fun. The simulators. And, you know, of course, inevitably, being high school kids, you, you would want to wreck the simulator, right? That was always kind of an exciting part. I think kids part. around the country did that. It oh, was like, let's gosh. wreck the simulator. So, well, nonetheless, uh, leave early, pack a little patience with you. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to practice my patience yesterday <laughs> sure when I was going home. I'm not sure what happened with traffic, but... Yeah, I was trying to get through. I had a dentist appointment and there's nothing like, you know, it's a bill. There's nothing you can do. And yet somehow I let that tension get the best of me and uh, I didn't make it to my dentist appointment. And unfortunately, when you miss an appointment like that, it's like another month before I can get in. So um, I'm always thinking when I'm stuck uh, like that, what happened to the promise of the Jetsons where we could just, you know. Get in our car and fly over the traffic, well, I, uh, right? Yeah. I'm and, still waiting for that. But I thought by the time I got to be this age, I would have a flying a car. A flying car. Yeah, I thought so. I thought that was going to happen. Well, you know who does not ever have a problem in traffic are ducks. They can just oh, fly wherever they want to fly. Thank you for mentioning the mm-hmm. ducks. What's going on here? Let me tell you hear this story. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm out on my walk yesterday. It was pretty nice for a walk yesterday. And I come around the corner. And I, as soon as I come around the corner, I hear this like screaming noise of ducks oh it sounded like hundreds of ducks just going nuts just like at me you know directed at me like what is going on and I, i've walked through this area before i've seen the ducks and, and but i had no idea they were this angry and uh <laughs> it was being directed at me so as i get closer it's louder and louder and louder and i'm going up an incline getting up there to the fence line where the ducks are and 
I'm probably 20 yards away, stops. It stops like, and I think I'm the duck whisperer. You know, okay. I, I have You've stopped done the it. ducks. Whatever. They saw me and I w- was just raised my hands like Moses <laughs> and stopped the ducks. Did they part and let you? Then I realize on the other side of the field is the owner of the ducks bringing them their dinner. Oh. That, <laughs> <laughs> so they were clamoring for the food. And then it was, it had nothing to do with me. The ducks were oblivious to me. It So, but once he put the food down, it was all about eating. So, and this, this gentleman, I mean, has a pond and dozens of ducks in his yard. And they can, the ducks can come and go as they please. No, there's a big fence around oh, them. I okay. assume they're not airborne. Uh, just uh, okay. uh, and, and the way they're well-fed, why would they want to leave? Well, Patrick, <laughs> those are ducks I think that I can truly appreciate. Who can appreciate uh, uh, to shut their mouths when a good meal is coming? So those are ducks after your own heart. They, they are. They're big ducks, too. They are well-fed. I could <laughs> I could just tell by looking at them. They were, they were turkey-sized ducks. They're, oh. they're big. They're big oh, ducks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully they're they're pet ducks and not the other kind of ducks. I don't know. Can you domesticate a duck? I guess. You, I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. We'll uh, go. We'll go to the Google. <laughs> go to the Google. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we do have a great show ahead we for do. you on this Thursday morning. What else you got coming up, Pat? Well, it is beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. What? Yeah, I'll tell you more about that just ahead as well. It's exciting. I, you know, I love this time of year. Everybody does, but this is kind of one of those harbingers that around the Portland area we really count on. Okay, fantastic, and it's a big year of celebration. At the Pope's Church for 1,700 years, millions of the faithful have been saved on the steps of the Archbasilica of St. John Lateran. I'm going to share with you an experience I had there also. Oh, I can't wait to hear about that. So we got a great show ahead for you on this Thursday morning. We're going to start things now with the Vigil Project and... Hosanna. And we are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. No ducks.
Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's the Vigil Project and Hosanna. 711 on the morning blend with Brenda and Pat here in the fog. And be careful if you are on the road. It's National Vocations Week, and we are going to be checking in with Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and a proud Baylor Bear coming up. I had to get that plug in of there. Of course Brenda. you did. <laughs> coming up next, and we'll check that foggy forecast. And I, I, I will tell you, the fog's going to go away, but you're probably not going to like what comes in its place. <laughs> That's just ahead at Mater Day Radio. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665.
Catholic Community Services of Lane County is hosting its Welcoming Our New Neighbors 2023 fundraiser. Starting at 6 p.m. on November 16th in Eugene, the event will benefit clients of CCS's Refugee and Immigrant Services Program. It'll feature international cuisine, music, inspiring stories, and more. Purchase your tickets today at ccslc.org slash WONN2023. That's ccslc.org slash WONN2023. The Catholic Church dedicates the month of November to the Holy Souls in Purgatory. Join Mater Day Radio as we unite with the communion of saints. We pray daily for the souls of all the faithful departed and for the intentions of the living through our broadcast of the celebration of the Holy Mass, the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and uplifting spiritual reflections. We also pray for your specific intentions on Mater Dei Radio's prayer hotline. Our dedicated team of intercessors is ready to hear from you now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or send your intention through MaterDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Unite with us throughout November as we pray for the holy souls and your intentions at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Seven thirteen at Mater Dei Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat. We've got uh, widespread, dense fog out there. Be very, very careful on the road. That should burn off by around ten o'clock this morning. Then the rain moves in this afternoon. An eighty percent chance for precipitation. High near fifty tonight. More rain, more rain, more rain. Low forty-two and uh, chance of rain. 100%. I don't think it gets higher than that one. 50% chance of rain tomorrow, mostly cloudy, high 51. It's going to be a wet weekend, Brenda. Sorry. Patrick, I'm not going to let you do the weather anymore with those kind of <laughs> forecasts. Hey, I brought you sunshine uh, yesterday. You most certainly yes, did. Okay. Thank you for that. And currently it is 40 degrees and foggy at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. And 38 at St. Cecilia Parish in Beaverton. Well, National Vocation Awareness Week celebrated, well, this week is an annual week-long celebration in the Catholic Church in the U.S. dedicated to promoting vocations to the priesthood, diaconate, and consecrated life through prayer and education, and to renew our prayers and support for those who are considering one of these particular vocations. Well, joining us today to talk more about what's happening in the Archdiocese of Portland Office of Vocation is their director, Father Peter Julia. Good morning, Father Peter. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. It's always good to be with you guys. In your life and in your role of vocations director, every day is vocations day, but this is a special week set aside to really promote vocations. So share with our listeners a little bit about what you do there now and what's going on in the Office of Vocations. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Brenda. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. We, in the Office of Vocations, really, we have the Office of Clergy. So we have our vicar for clergy, Father Todd Molinari, who takes care of all of our priests. And then, and then me as a vocation director who takes care of future priests, so to speak. And then we have our, our three amazing assistants, uh, Sarah, Dawn, and then also uh, Angie, who takes care of our senior priests. So you can kind of see there's like a really holistic aspect of the office of clergy, because we're kind of looking at things all the way from a discerner all the way until they're a, a priest. In, in a senior status after after he's no longer doing active ministry in the parish. 
And so most of the time I spend is fielding emails and then phone calls from discerners that either come through the website or or, so, or another priest or a referral that, that somebody had given us. And then uh, the other time I spend is taking care of our seminarians that are that are in four different seminaries. So it's kind of a juggling act between the recruiting arm of things and then also taking care of the guys who are in the midst of uh, formation right now. But during this week, we're, we're heavily leaning on that recruiting side of things, whether that's in schools or parishes and just trying to give that, that good push. Well, in thinking about Vocations Week, and for you personally, Father Peter, was there a particular person or a mentor that really opened you up to thinking about your own vocation? Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. I, really, there's there's more more than a few. And the funny thing about this recently was, I, I don't know, sometimes these things bounce around on, on social media, but I was just sworn into the uh, Air National Guard, and so... I'm the new chaplain. A lot of people don't know that we have an Air National Guard base that's directly next to the the PDX airport. You'll see F-15s out there, and that's why they're there, because there's a base there. And so we had, uh, so Archbishop Vlasny actually celebrated a mass on base, and then I was sworn in directly after that. And Archbishop Vlasny was a huge influence on me. He always tells me, he told the people, that I give him too much credit, and I told him I don't give him enough credit. Oh. But uh, I was a cathedral parishioner, and uh, and that's where kind of I spent a lot of that time going to daily mass and then praying the rosary, and because they had two two daily masses a day at the time, and um, and then at that point people started to invite me more into ministry on the pastoral council, and and Archbishop Vlasny was a huge part of doing that. And so, um, as I've mentioned before, my predecessor, Father Jeff, was a big influence on me, but there, there's actually truly a number of priests here. But Archbishop Vlasny, in his last year, really, right before he was going to submit his retirement to the Holy Father, he really took time. He would show me how to mark the Roman Missal. You know, he would teach me different things. He would always invite me to, there was a dinner for the cathedral staff, um, on Holy Thursday, and he would always make sure to invite me to that. And if anybody who's ever known Archbishop Vlasny, he's like the king of the thank you card. Just never forgets to send you, uh, you know, his his gratitude. And so, so in, in, especially in pastoral charity and in balance, he's been a giant influence on my life. But yeah, taking care of the the airmen there has been and already been very powerful by having a Catholic chaplain again on mass, you know, on the base, being able to help them on those drill weekends that they're there. So to be able to actually have mass on base during drill is one of the only opportunities for those airmen who are Catholic to be able to go to mass. It's really nice to be able to do that. Wow, that is just so great to hear. And you mentioned Archbishop Blasny. You know, thinking about young men out there, what can we do, just parishioners in the pews, that really can inspire and help a young man discern the vocation for himself? You know, there's there's one thing that, uh, Brenda, right before we, we got on air here, she'd mentioned to me that's on our website. It's kind of a portion called MOVE that's on the website. If you go to ArchDPDX Vocations, Dot org, which is a way that you can actually reach out to me or, or the Office of Vocations. But it kind of gives you phases, right? And so MOVE kind of starts with this in phase one. It's just like pray three Hail Marys daily. So these are like action items that, that a man who might be discerning priesthood or, or really anybody discerning a religious call 
whether that's religious life or a man discerning priesthood, is, you know, pray three Hail Marys a day. Make a commitment to do that as one of your first actions. And then second, you know, you're going to pray from the heart. You know, pray just, just talking to Jesus, just like we would talk to a friend about the things that we struggle with, about the things that are important to us. Um, and then, you know, you visit with a trusted friend. You spend time with them. And then you go to confession. Uh, you know, and that's kind of a first phase of different things. And these kind of all stem from basically, you know, Maria, Mary, so is the, is the M in move. And then oratio is, you know, that, that prayer piece, you know, to, to pray in Latin. Visita, you know, to, to visit, to spend time with somebody else, to cultivate a relationship. And then, and then the E stands for Eucharistia, you know, so for the Eucharist. And so you can see kind of in each one of these phases, they all kind of relate back to that. And then as it moves on through the phases, it gets a little bit deeper and, and a little bit of a, a bigger commitment. You're spending a little bit more time with Mary, a little bit more time with prayer, a little bit more time face-to-face. Notice face-to-face instead of um, device-to-device, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Father Peter Julia is joining us today. He is the director of the Office of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland, and we are celebrating National Vocations Week here in the U.S. Well, we just have a minute left, and I would love to just include this kind of idea from you, Father Peter. What, as we as parents, can do to help our child understand their vocation without trying to steer them in any direction? Because, you know, some priests we've heard of, they they heard that call earlier in their lives, some that wasn't until they were in college. What can parents do as support, no matter what their children's vocation is, to help them find out what God is calling them to? Oh, that's great, Brenda. I I honestly think you have to give them the opportunity to see that it's actually a viable thing in life. And I think one of the easiest ways that you can do that is allowing them to really have actually exposure to, to either their parish priest you know, or, or somebody like me, you know, so by, by serving the mass, that's, that's one way to do it. But then also just inviting one of the priests, you know, or your parish priest over to your home, because if he could come over like a normal person and eat, and you can have that, that visita, that conversation with one another, then your, your, your children will also be like, oh, he's like a normal guy. Like, you know, normal people actually do this. Sometimes they only see us in the sanctuary. So it seems like a very elevated and distant thing. So, so we want to make that real to people. And, and I think if you do that, like I knew a priest growing up, or I knew a couple of priests growing up, but I think just allowing the opportunity for, for young people to get to know us. And during this Vocations Week, that's one of the things I do is do school visits, to visit with the children at school so they could see that I have like normal hobbies and I do normal things and I'm just not... Con- even though I pray a lot, I'm not constantly praying, but I am. I, I do like other things just like they do as well. Oh, for sure. Well, Father Peter, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for joining us to celebrate a National Vocation Awareness Week. Before we go, can you end us with your prayer and priestly blessing? Oh, yes, absolutely. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send down your Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds. And I ask you to speak directly to all of those that you may be calling to a priestly vocation or to religious life. And we thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And we ask you to make your message clear and to guide us in all things through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. And may Almighty God bless all of you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
Amen. And again, that is Father Peter Julia. I'll be sure to add information about how you can get directly to the Office of Vocations and maybe have a discernment discussion with Father Peter. You're going to find those emails and all the other information on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com. Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the morning blend with Pat and Brenda in the fog at 724. And speaking of, of fog or clearing the fog, the fog lifting, uh, we have got a really cool thing that we're going to be sending out in about a week. And, and we were able to clear up all the design yesterday. That's why I use the fog analogy. But it's our Marian calendar for 2024. This has all the Marian feast days on that. So you can keep track of all those wonderful days when we celebrate Our Lady. We're going to be sending that out in less than two weeks, right before Thanksgiving. So keep an eye out for that. And if you don't get one in the mail or you want an extra one, we'll have details on how you can get that. But keep that eye peeled for the Marian calendar coming soon to your mailbox for Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Romans 4.21 assures us that whatever God has promised, He is able to perform. St. Peter Catholic Church in Newburgh is fulfilling the promise with its challenging campaign to build a new church to accommodate large growth with more space for worship, sacramental life, service, faith formation, testimony, and solace. See the new church design and learn more at stpeternewburgor.org. That's stpeternewburgor.org. And join us in fulfilling the promise. With the autumn season comes football and tailgating. And there's no better way to score a touchdown than by passing that old vehicle of yours to Mater Day Radio. We're happy to accept your donation of a car, truck, van, RV, or boat. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. Not only that, you are joining a winning team that's supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast. So score some points by checking out our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 726 at Mater Day Radio. The Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. And we have got Christmas in the air. Tell you more about that just ahead. All right. And it is such a big celebration. It is going to take an entire year to celebrate the Pope's Church. I'll tell you about it coming up in News. Here is Village Lights and Sweetest Sound. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. All my burdens, born of suffering, all I carry, longing for a home. We are homeless in our secrets, no more wandering, I'm running to be known, I'm not alone, 
Saturday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. That's Village Lights, a Catholic supergroup, if you will, and the sweetest sound. It's 7.30. And in your news this morning, the Diocese of Rome has planned a full-year event to mark the 17th, 100th anniversary of the Archbasilica of St. John Lateran, which was dedicated on November 9th in the year 324. It was quite a mass, wasn't it, Patrick, when you were there? (laughs) The church is the cathedral of the diocese and the seat of the Bishop of Rome, who is the Pope. Now, until the 14th century, the adjoining palace served as the papal residence. The Diocese of Rome will open the year of celebrations with a solemn pontifical mass celebrated by the Dantes in the afternoon of November 9th. The mass will include music written for the occasion by Father Marco Frisina, Italy's most popular contemporary composer of religious hymns. Other events planned throughout the year include concerts, masses, and religious cultural talks about the history of the Archbasilica and the adjoining Lateran Palace. The anniversary celebrations will close with Mass on November 9th, 2024. I went to Mass at St. John Lateran, the one trip that we took to Rome. Wow. Literally across the street, and you don't realize that it's there are the holy stairs of Christ. They, they are adjoining each other. So uh, hands down, the most incredible and beautiful mass celebrated was when we were there, and it was at St. John Lateran. 1,700 years. That's a lot of candles on the cake. Yeah, and they are keeping it up very, very well. The person suspected of shooting and killing one man and wounding another Tuesday night later shot and killed himself near Pittock Mansion here in northwest Portland, the Portland Police Bureau reported yesterday. Police have not yet identified the subject. They were first called to a parking lot full of tractor trailers in the St. John's neighborhood of North Portland Road uh, just after 6.30 p.m. Tuesday where they found a 39-year-old man bleeding from gunfire. Officers tried to stop the bleeding with tourniquets, but he later died of his wounds after being taken to the hospital. About 15 minutes later, police were called to another shooting near Northeast Martin Luther King Boulevard and Russell Street in North Portland. There, they found a man shot and seriously wounded. And then about three hours later, a park ranger found a man dead inside a car in the parking lot at Pittock Mansion. Police said they believe the man was responsible for shooting the other two men. A representative of Israel's Ministry of Foreign Affairs Monday urged Pope Francis and all political and religious leaders to continue building international pressure for the release of hostages abducted by Hamas. Speaking during a November 5th video conference on the war in Gaza, Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesman said that they are aware of Pope Francis' repeated interventions on the war in Gaza and voiced that his belief that the Pope and the Vatican hold an important moral stand in this case. He noted that Pope Francis and other Vatican officials have had phone calls with several international leaders, including the presidents of the U.S. and Iran and the Palestinian president. Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, a spokesman for the Israeli Defense Force, also spoke on the call, saying their goal, as outlined by the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, is to remove Hamas as a governing institution and that they will not cease military activity till the task is completed. 
Students in the Portland Public Schools District will be out of the classroom for the rest of the week with no deal reached between administrators and the union on Wednesday night. PPS officials notified families the school will be closed today due to the strike and Friday's a holiday. Oregon Governor Tina Kotek's office has directed mediation as the teacher strike continues, and the Oregon Chief Financial Office has also stepped in to take a hard look at the finances to see if they can find common ground between the two sides. Teachers say they're hopeful now that the state and school board have stepped in. There will be a resolution by Monday. And a court ruling is expected this morning and will determine whether enforcement of Portland's daytime ban on homeless camps can begin next week as planned by city officials. Homeless Portlanders represented by the Oregon Law Center filed a class action lawsuit against the city at the end of September, arguing that Portland's camping ordinance violates state law and the Oregon Constitution. Attorneys filed last week for a preliminary injunction asking a Multnomah County judge to block the ban while the court case unfolds. The judge is expected to rule on that motion after hearing arguments Thursday morning. Judge Judith Matarazzo previously denied the plaintiff's request for a temporary restraining order. The Portland City Council adopted the new ordinance back in June and it went into effect in early July. But city officials pledged to wait until the fall before enforcing the camping ban, saying they'd spend the intervening months on education and outreach so that homeless Portlanders and service providers alike would be prepared for the shift. And in sports, Portland Trailblazer forward Jeremy Grant scored 38 points last night in Sacramento. But it wasn't enough. He missed three in overtime that would have tied the game. And the result, a 121 to 118 overtime loss to the Kings. Next up for the Blazers, they'll be in Los Angeles. Take on LeBron and the Lakers at the Staples Center Sunday night at 7. Now, Brenda, I got this. This is the best story of the morning. Oh, I want to hear. Santa Claus was in town yesterday. What? Yeah, already? already. He was handing out treats uh, to Portland's uh, children as the 75-foot-tall Christmas tree arrived at Pioneer Square oh, yesterday. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited, too. So the Douglas fir weighs 7,000 pounds, and it was listed into help with the help of a crane, and <laughs> a big, giant <laughs> crane bet. down there to put it up right in the middle of the square. It's not lit yet. They just got it put up yesterday. It was going to be lit on Friday, November 24th, the day after thanksgiving they had that big lighting ceremony down in pioneer square but this is the the, the sign that christmas is on the way because the tree is up it's just now got to get all the oh. lights on it and everything but yeah yeah we're here we, we've, we've arrived we have arrived for sure <laughs> ho, ho, ho. thanksgiving just a few short weeks of course and remember here on the morning blend as we enter into the advent season we're going to celebrate the season of Advent. We don't play Christmas music yet because no. we keep that party going long after uh, December 25th. But it's a good time during Advent here on the Morning Blend. So don't change that channel anytime. Like we say, Christmas isn't just a day. It's a season. And we celebrate every day of it. For sure. Well, 50 years is a lifetime for many people. And 50 years in the same profession, almost incomprehensible in the modern age. Priesthood, however, is not a career, it's a vocation, and one that a priest takes seriously. 
The white hair on both Father Bill Sullivan's face and on his head, they say, is an attest to the more than 50 years of priestly experience under his Roman collar. He doesn't walk as well as he used to, but his mind is sharp and his love of service is as keen as ever. Even his retirement years, he stays active by assisting parishes within the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Yet he has still more wisdom to share with younger generations of priests and those in the pews. And here's what he's learned in 50 years of being a priest. He said, first of all, if prayer is not there, you're going to crumble. He says priests must maintain a healthy spiritual life and deep devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He mixes no words here and says the sacrament of penance is crucial, not only for priests, but for the laity as well. He says, don't be a loner. Get some exercise. You need to also get to know your people when becoming a pastor. And you should consider their opinions of the parish and take care of that parish, including the grounds. You welcome the children and help build their faith. And lastly, he said, while living the life of a priest, it's not an easy vocation. It is very much a blessed one. And Father Sullivan says, I will say that wherever I have been, I have been blessed with very faith-filled people. They give me strength to accept what God wants me to do. Oh, what a pastoral heart. I love that. Now, Brenda, I I think you've created a mystery for me because this is Father Sullivan, right? Yes. In In the diocese of South Bend, Fort Wayne, right? Correct. I was baptized in that diocese. (gasps) I was born in that diocese. Yeah. And my grandfather's middle name was Sullivan. I wonder well, if there's a world, you know, some kind of family tie there. There could be. Patrick, How about that? You need to figure that out. <laughs> I will. <laughs> well, we should check in. Hopefully, we're going to get an opportunity to talk with Ken Hellenius. We'll see if he knows Father Bill. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. He'll be on tomorrow. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This evening at 6 o'clock is the monthly night of hope and healing at St. Alice Catholic Church in Springfield. All are invited to join the community and Father Mark Bentz every second Thursday of the month for this special evening, starting with a bilingual, that's English and Spanish rosary at 6 o'clock, followed by praise, teaching, and prayers for healing. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Well, the Christmas tree is up in Pioneer Courthouse Square, but nobody does Christmas like the Grotto and their big Christmas festival of lights. We've got Samantha Kocher checking in with us next to tell us all about the fun here at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, and the listeners of Mater Dei Radio as we pray for the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in our battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, 
cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com forward slash prayer, or call our prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's materdayradio.com forward slash prayer. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a nonprofit religious entity committed to providing superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. We are looking for an experienced medical assistant who is passionate about our mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to nelson at holyfamilyclinic.com. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matra Day Radio. 743 at Matra Day Radio. It's the morning blend with Brenda and Pat. Believe it or not, I just saw we have some snow flurries in the area. So if, if you see some, some snow flurries, it's not your imagination. They're out there. Also, some dense fog should burn off around 10 this morning. Mostly rain throughout the day. 80% chance with a high this afternoon near 50. A 100% chance of rain tonight. Uh, the showers uh, should really pick up after 10 o'clock. Low about 42. Rain tomorrow. Yeah, I just I, I just saw this on my, on my little weather app. The snow flurry thing lit up, and and it says there are snow flurries in the area. So if you see snow, it, it's out there. But pay attention to the fog. I think that's what you okay. really need to worry about. For sure, I did see a little snowflake on my car dash coming in, just because temperatures get to a certain point. So it says to watch out just a little bit. Could be slick, but okay. All right, we'll be ready. Currently, it is 43 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church down in Salem. And 38 at the beautiful, wonderful, getting decorated for Christmas Grotto in North Portland. Well, it is an annual event that generations of families here in the Pacific Northwest gather together for their Thanksgiving meal. And then... They head over to the grotto. It is that beautiful festival of lights, and they are ready once again to welcome you to their beautiful grounds. Joining me this morning to tell us all about it, she's a busy lady right now because she is the director of the Festival of Lights. It is Samantha Kocher joining us today, taking a little bit of break to let us know what's going on at the Grotto during this Christmas season. Good morning, Samantha. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are just about, oh, just a a few short weeks before the Thanksgiving celebration and the very next day, right? The Grotto is ready to open for the Festival of Lights. What's happening these last few weeks is you're kind of getting the final touches put on everything. Yeah, we are so excited to open the day after Thanksgiving, um, and right now it is full steam ahead. We have our production crew out there 
setting up lights, getting all our tenting finished, um, our carolers that are hard at work um, rehearsing. They have um, performances out in our plaza every night. They're also featured in our chapel occasionally. Our choirs outside of our of the grotto in the community are practicing, rehearsing, getting ready for their spots in the in the chapel. So lots going on for us right now. We are getting so excited again. So many people looking forward to this event. Bundle up just a little bit. It's going to be cold, but that's kind of part of what makes it so much fun. And then, of course, as you walk through those beautiful lights, you descend on the courtyard, the Chapel of Mary. I think one of the big things that draws so many people, and I love because I always seem to know a high schooler whose concert choir is going to be joining in that beautiful chapel. There is a sound like no other when choirs sing in that chapel. Tell our listeners a little bit about the exciting choirs and how far some of them are coming for this year's event. Yeah, absolutely. We have um, over 150 choirs signed up to perform in our chapel, Um, mostly local choirs, but one of our um, farthest choirs is Bellarmine, who's coming from the Tacoma area to come down and perform for us. And that's a tradition for them. Um, They've definitely been coming for multiple years, and they get very excited to travel so far. Um, So lots of high school choirs signed up. Um, we have community choirs. We have a couple more professional choirs that are signed up. So, and then also a big variety too. It's not just singing. We have flute choirs. We have orchestras. We have quartets. We have big, you know, 110 kid choirs. So lots of variety. Um, you'll definitely find something that is going to interest you in the chapel. We also have a couple groups this year who have requested to play our organ, which is new. Um, The organ just got installed about two years ago. And so I've had two high schools, high schools already request to play the organ. And I think it's just going to be such a unique experience. The acoustics in the chapel are something you've never heard before. If you haven't been it is a great experience. It's so unique. Um, so, yeah, definitely check out the choirs in the chapel. Well, Samantha, you know me. You know I like to eat. So tell <laughs> us, what, 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 what else is going on, specifically the food out there? Yes, yeah, we have our snack booth up and running again. All right. Um, we serve hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. We serve donuts. We have a couple of salty snacks available. Um, so uh, it's very simple, but we think it fits the holidays. You know, something fun, something different that you don't necessarily get every day. Um, so we're really excited to have that back again this year. We're speaking with Samantha Kocher. She is the director of the Grotto's Christmas Festival of Lights. And I understand now you've got tickets that are on sale already. Isn't that right? I mean, you can get your tickets in advance and get, get ready to go and go right to the front of the line. Yes, absolutely. Tickets are available online right now, thegrotto.org. And we highly recommend that people buy their tickets online in advance. Not only does it save you time at the front gate, um, because you can have your tickets up on your phone ready to go, it also saves you a little bit of money. Um, So tickets online are uh, to get a little bit of a discount than if you wait to purchase them at the gate. So definitely take advantage of that. We also have our value night. So eight nights this season, value nights, so that families can take advantage of even lower pricing than the online pricing. Yeah, so take advantage of that. 
check online to see what those dates are. Now, Samantha, also, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, this is the Grotto Centennial, 100 years of the Grotto. Yes, yeah. So we we just kicked off our Centennial in September. Um, So we're really excited to have a year's worth of fun and events. And actually, we're going to cap off the Centennial next year's festival. We'll feature some fun Centennial um, activities and displays. We actually were just talking about it yesterday as we walked through for the first time, um, kind of at night with the lights on. It was really fun. Well, Samantha, hopefully people who are listening, and I can't imagine there might be somebody out there who has not gone to the Festival of Lights, but is interested now. They want to go this season. They want to find that true meaning of Christmas, to find Christ in the Christmas season. Of course, they'll find it beautifully there at the Grotto's Festival of Lights. But you've got one parking lot there and traffic can be a little bit tight. So what other options are there for people who are coming to the festival? So that way, well, they smoothly can pack, you know, park their car and then head over to the Grotto. Yeah, so parking can be a challenge with our parking lot. But we have partnered um, with the Park Rose Sumner TriMet Station, which is just right down the street from us, not even a mile away. And guests are welcome to park there and then take our free shuttle from that parking lot directly to the front gate. Um, it runs continuously every single night, so you don't have to worry whether or not it's running on the night that you're coming. Um, or if you come via TriMet, um, the Max, anything like that, you can utilize that shuttle bus as, as well. So if if driving at night isn't your thing, we definitely have options um, for for helping out getting people into the into the uh, the gates. And our parking crew is very good about directing people back to that um, additional parking lot if it is too crowded in the lot at the grotto. Uh, Samantha, now you've got just. A a small army of volunteers that helps keep everything running, directing people, showing them where they go. Is there still a need for volunteers this year to help out the grotto? Yeah, we actually, I had a huge response to volunteers this year. I have over 550 volunteers signed up already. I only have a handful of spots left um, on my volunteer schedule. So it's a blessing and a curse. You know, I'm I'm in such a great position where I am with my volunteers, but I hate to turn people away. Um, But check the website. We do still have some slots available. And check throughout the season, too, because life happens. People get sick. Family things come up. So there could be slots that open up as the season goes on. So if you check the website and you don't see anything that works in your schedule right now, check back in a week or two, even once we've started festival, because, you know, we do get cancellation. Oh, we'll keep that in mind. Well, Samantha, your uh, enthusiasm for this year's event has got me so excited. I'm ready. Uh, I am ready too, (laughs) Patrick. We are going to see you there at the Grotto. Samantha, thank you so very much for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks again for having me. Um, And yes, we appreciate everything that Modern Day does for us. We are so grateful to have your partnership. And we hope to see all of your team and all of your listeners out at festival this year. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much. And again, that is Samantha Kocher. Now, I will be sure to add lots of information about the Grotto as we move into the Advent season. We'll also be talking about the wonderful concerts each night here on uh, the Morning Blend. And you can also get lots of information on the podcast of today's interview. You'll find a link to the Grotto and find all kinds of information. Patrick, you going to be there this year? Oh, I count on it. Count on it. Fantastic. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Are you a young adult in your 20s and 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Chris Dohanik, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work and witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to meet other young adult Catholics, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. This is Dina Marie, host of The Voice of the Shepherd, inviting you to join me on my weekly podcast, Faith Moments with Dina Marie, where I proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings, a perfect way to enhance your study of sacred scripture. My Faith Moments podcast is found on your favorite podcast platform or on the Hail Mary Media app. It's easy to download and absolutely free. Check it out today. The Faith Moments with Dina Marie podcast made available thanks to Matrade Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 756 at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary and everything old is new again, at least on the basketball court at the Child Center. We'll tell you about that. And a big win for the Sisters of Life. It'll now allow them to continue their support for women in crisis pregnancies. I'll tell you more about that coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Have you ever heard of the term Basilica and Cathedral when people are talking about famous churches around the world? Could you tell the difference between the two? Consider the difference to be like that of a square and a rectangle. A cathedral is a basilica, but a basilica isn't necessarily a cathedral. Basilicas are churches with great historical, architectural, or spiritual significance that are dedicated as such by the Pope. Plain and simple, once a church is declared basilica, it can't lose its title and will always hold it as such. A cathedral takes it one step further and is a basilica that is home to the Bishop of the region. Today, we're going to be celebrating the feast day of the Cathedral of Rome. It's officially known as the Archbasilica Cathedral of the Most Holy Savior and the Saints John the Baptist and John the Evangelist in the Lateran. Or you might simply know it as simply the Lateran Basilica. When you see such a proper title, your first impression is that the cathedral sounds important. 
That's 100% an accurate assumption. The Lateran Basilica is in fact the seat of the Bishop of Rome. You might also find it strange that the church celebrates the official feast day of a cathedral. But like I said earlier, it isn't just any cathedral. And what it stands for is what makes it highly honored today. It's one of the four major papal basilicas and one of seven locations during the seven pilgrim churches of Rome. It's the grandfather of all basilicas in the Western world. Its shorter name originates from the Laterini family whose site the basilica was constructed on. The first Christian emperor Constantine dedicated the palace to the church after his victory over the fortress that originally stood there. The palace was renovated and in the year 324, it was officially dedicated as the Basilica to Christ the Savior. Throughout the next several hundred years, the basilica would be torn down in places and rebuilt only to preserve its original form and architectural structure. The only portion of the original architecture to survive was the apse, a semi-spherical area usually located behind the main altar. Even that area was destroyed in 1878 and later restored. So why go through all of this trouble for a building that could easily be torn down, sold to profit the poor, and easily be replaced by a smaller church? After all, our faith isn't supposed to be concealed inside four or sometimes 12 plus walls, but shared for the salvation of the world. It's not supposed to stay within the walls, but there's still something deeper going on within. The Lateran Basilica reminds us of the unbreakable love and unity for, of the papacy. Although we may have broken leaders from time to time, the church herself is never broken. The spirit is willing, even when the flesh is weak. May we offer a special intention for the Holy See today and for all future popes of the church, that they may lead with love of the Good Shepherd from their throne in the Lateran Basilica. All you holy men and women, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint segment for today. If you want to find out more information about the Saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, you can access wonderful resources by downloading our free Hail Mary media app. And you can find details at materdayradio.com. It is eight o'clock. <laughs> For the second time in two weeks, the United States carried out airstrikes against an Iranian-linked weapons warehouse in Syria. The Pentagon says this ongoing escalation has become more dangerous. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said yesterday in a statement that two F-15 fighter jets conducted the operation against a weapons storage facility used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and its allies. Earlier Wednesday, Yemen's Houthi rebels said they shot down a U.S. drone flying in Yemeni airspace. The Defense Department has not commented on that. A Catholic community of religious sisters who operate a crisis pregnancy center in New York City won a lawsuit against the state's health department this week with the department agreeing not to include the community in a probe of other pro-life pregnancy centers. In September of 2022, the Sisters of Life sued then New York State Department of Health Commissioner Mary Bassett over a New York bill passed that June that created a task force to study and report on the impact of so-called limited services pregnancy centers, which are defined in the bill as organizations that advocate for women to continue their pregnancy. And the Sisters of Life fit that bill as they do not refer women for abortions at their, uh, at their crisis pregnancy center. 
So founded in 1991 by the late Cardinal John O'Connor of New York, the Sisters of Life offer care for women in crisis pregnancies at their visitation in Lower Manhattan. Without the lawsuit, the New York bill would have allowed government officials access to the religious community's internal documents and records. They said they are grateful for this order and will continue to do their joyful work. While the Portland Association of Teachers strike enters its second week, the Hollywood strikes are officially over. Oh, I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> I'm sure you have. The Screen Actors <laughs> Guild, SAG-AFTRA, has announced a deal with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which represents the major Hollywood studios, and actors are just one step away from getting back to work. However, it's a big step. As widely expected, the union membership will have to vote to authorize the deal, and then the cameras can start rolling again. Network TV is going to be lagging behind. The folks at ABC, NBC, Fox, and CBS say they've got to get up to speed now, and it's going to take them a while to do that. And the wait times for the big, highly anticipated shows like your Yellowstone even longer, uh, even longer, because there's more that goes into those productions. Sure. So it takes even longer for those Netflix styles uh, shows to, to get up to speed. So the strike may be over, but you're still going to be waiting a little while for those new episodes. Well, I think, though, that people often go, oh, the actors and actresses, they don't, you know, more money, whatever they are striking for. But who really gets affected by this? And I'm sure are more happier than everybody else are the support people, the food service workers, caterers, drivers, all of the people whose jobs rely on filming. Well, that is a good news just in time for Christmas for them. Now, over the past three months, there have been over 400 reported earthquakes at Mount St. Helens. Let me say that again. Over 400 reported earthquakes in the last three months. It, it's alive. At Mount St. Yeah. Helens, most certainly is. But researchers at the Cascade Volcano Observatory said the elevated seismic activity is still in line with previous periods. The Pacific Northwest Seismic Network has measured hundreds of earthquakes at the volcano since July 15th. There were about 40 to 50 earthquakes per week in late August to early September. Researchers have recorded about 30 earthquakes per week at Mount St. Helens recently. For comparison, researchers said there were about 11 earthquakes at the site per month since 2008. Now, despite the elevated earthquake activity, Weston Thielen, research seismologist at Cascade Volcano Observatory, said the recent trend is not concerning because the earthquakes have been relatively deep within the volcano. Thielen said researchers are less concerned than if they were happening near the surface. Uh, well, you know. That's reassuring. That, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but just keep an eye on it for us. Thank you. I don't think there's much we can do about it, though. Fred. I don't think so. <laughs> In sports, the Portland Trailblazers G League team, the Rip City Remix, unveiled some really cool ju jerseys for their inaugural season on Wednesday. These are an homage back to the glory days of the Blazers when they won their championship in the early 1970s. So I, you got to see these. They are really cool. And I, I love the way they're kind of making everything old new again uh, with this team. The Remix are going to 
play their games at the Child Center on the campus of the University of Portland. And the season's going to tip off November 10th, which is... Tomorrow. Tomorrow in Los Angeles. They'll play their first home game at the Child Center next Friday, November 17th. It's going to be a big doing out there. Uh, the, our good friends at Backwoods Brewing are actually going to be developing a special brew for the remix. <laughs> of course yeah. they are. Yeah. This sounds like a great opportunity for our area. Have you ever watched or followed any of these leagues? When I lived in Austin, we had one of these teams in the Austin area played in Cedar Park, a city just north of Austin. It's fun, and these are the players that you're, you know, we'll, we'll see in the NBA. I've seen players that I watched in that little arena there in Cedar Park go on, you know, onto the major NBA uh, teams, and uh, it's kind of cool to see that because you can say, I can remember when that guy was in the developmental league. And uh, you see some really good talent there. It is NBA-style talent. Just needs to be a little bit more refined. You I know? love it. Uh-huh. And you know, of course, in the Child Center, there's not a bad seat in the house. Oh, it's you a great get arena for a, a game. Great view. Yeah. I'm going to try to go to a game. Let's year. go. I think so. One person can change our lives forever. Jake, who is a 14-year-old, has Down syndrome, and he knows this well. When his mother died of breast cancer, his teacher took him into her home. And this is their story. When Jean Manning, Jake's mother, discovered that she had cancer, she moved to Massachusetts with her son Jake in search of treatment. She enrolled her teenage son in the school where Carrie Bremer was a teacher of special needs children. Carrie recalls that when she met Jake, she knew that he was indeed a very special boy. She said in the classroom, he was full of energy, often jumping around the room, pretending to be Batman. And then the next minute... He'd be the sweetest little guy who would look at you directly in the eyes and say, I love you. Now, the teacher and Jake's mother became friends. And one day, Jean told her new friend about her illness. Carrie already had three children. But knowing that Jean had no immediate family that could take Jake in, she couldn't bear the thought of him being left alone if his mother died. So in an interview in 2019, Bremer explains that she what she did was she approached the mom and said, if you need a backup plan for Jake, then our family is happy to make him a part of our family. She told me I'll sleep better tonight than I've slept in a long time. Now, the Bremer spent many weekends with a teenager and his mother, and they became very close. Jean's death on November 13th, 2019, came as quite a shock to the teenager. But now he understands that his mother's in heaven with God and his aunts. Public posts on Carrie Bremer's Facebook profile over the past few years shows a happy Jake surrounded by his second family, getting his picture taken with Santa and doing new things like getting his first job. Oh, what a wonderful story for National Adoption Day. For National Adoption Day. So I think that's a beautiful story. Just open your heart, open your doors, and God will take care of the rest. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And tomorrow, beginning at 6.30, is a Living the Faith series, How to Communicate with the Saints, happening at St. Patrick's Catholic Church here in Portland. Everyone is invited for this dynamic event that weaves communal worship, personal reflection, and expert guidance from thought-provoking pastoral talks from our friend, Father Tim Furlow. Remember, you can find all the details on these and other events. Just head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. 
Well, CYO is hooping it up. It's basketball season all around, and we'll check in with Jenna Bass from CYO to find out all about the action on the hardwood next. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Matri Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You would send the Holy Spirit to them send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. What's the best way to stay on top of things in our local Catholic community? Monterey Radio's Hail Mary Media app is the perfect way to connect directly into all the exciting fall activities. And you can jump right into the middle of it all like a big pile of leaves. Simply search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MontereyRadio.com and follow the instructions. In just minutes, you'll be accessing our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. Plus, set a customized schedule of your own prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you tune in to the live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and download podcasts of all our original programming, including shows you won't find on the radio. Plus, you'll discover our Catholic lifestyle features, news, sports, fun fall festivities on the interactive community calendar, and much, much more. Get plugged directly into your local Catholic community with the Hail Mary Media app from Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.13 here at Mater Day Radio. A dense fog advisory remains in effect until 10 a.m. this morning in the greater Portland metro area, central Willamette Valley, and Vancouver area. Visibility, less than a quarter mile and dense in some areas. And that fog will gradually thin and lift to low clouds later this morning. Rain coming, but it is holding off until a little later in the day. Highs getting to around 53 degrees. Overnight, we're cooling off to the middle 40s. Then tomorrow, looks like we get another little break of the rain. Highs again to 53. Then the faucet is off and on again throughout the weekend. So be ready for that. 39 right now at St. Santislaus in North Portland. And it is 37 degrees at Our Lady of Guadalupe Catholic Church 
in Richfield. And before he left, of course, David had an opportunity to check in with CYO Sports. It's faith in action. Time to check in with the Catholic Youth Organization. And it is about time to hit the hardwood as the Portland Area Catholic Youth Organization, Camp Howard, tips off another basketball season. Joining Monterey Radio this morning with all the details is CYO's Director of Communications, Jenna Bass. Hey, good morning, Jenna. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. And first of all, let me say congratulations. It sounds like it was another very successful Champions of Faith benefit dinner. It was. It was It was absolutely wonderful. Laura Tennant gave a great speech. It was so much fun seeing so many people. Uh, yes, so once again, it was, it was just a great evening. Yeah, always a wonderful event, and again, raises money for scholarships for uh, student-athletes that want to attend some of uh, CYO's sports programs, such as basketball, which is about ready to get started. Let me ask you first, though, now volleyball, is is that wrapping up? Did it wrap up? Where are we at with volleyball right now? Uh, the tournament um, will end on November 19th, so it runs like November 11th through the 19th. So yes, it's towards the end of it. Ah, that's fantastic. I loved, when my daughters played volleyball, I loved the tournaments, season-ending tournaments. Those were so fun and exciting, and I, I got to tell you, nail-biting, <laughs> too. <laughs> it is. They're, yes, they're a lot of fun, and I think the best part is, you know, I've been now at CYO for quite a few years and just seeing kind of the progression of teams, and, uh, you know, you see them start as third graders and then where they end up as eighth graders. It's just it's so much fun. Yeah, see, and that was the other thing, too, is my daughters played, you know, right on through those grades. Mm-hmm. You saw the same teams and you saw the development of the players on the other team, not only your own players, your own team, but the other players, too. And so it was fun to Absolutely. see that development of the of the players over the course of time. And it was like as they got better. And again, you got to that eighth grade tournament and man, it was <laughs> it was competitive. Oh, it was definitely. Um, those games are they're just so much fun to watch them and. These uh, girls are, they're so, they're just fabulous players that understand the game. And the coaches, my goodness, the coaches are just as good. And many many of the players, too, I mean, they went on to play at the high school level, really good players at the high school level. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yep, exciting time, and uh, we were we were joking about uh, as we drove in this morning. I think we're ready to move into indoor sports <laughs> with the, with the weather the way it is right now. But basketball, a great CYO sport. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but does bas- CYO basketball draw the largest numbers of any sport that CYO does? It does. Yes, you know we offer basketball first grade through high school, so it definitely and boys and girls. So you know it's definitely. Our biggest sport. Yeah. How many? How many? What? What are the numbers like? Um, I would say probably over three thousand. Wow. Uh, by the time you do the hot shots, the winter hot shots, the grade school and the high school, um, probably closer to four thousand. It's that, a big sport. That is amazing. Yeah. And and I know it takes a lot of people to put this together. A lot of volunteers. <laughs> coaches, officials, scorekeepers. I mean, it really is a big community effort when you talk about the numbers that play CYO basketball. So where are we at now with basketball? Registration underway. Yep, registration is open for our clubs, and people can go on to our website, which is cyocampower.org, 
find their club that they want to play and um, register right there. We also have scholarships that are available for um, anyone who may need it. Excellent. Again, speaking with Jenna Bass, she is the Director of Communications for CYO Camp Howard here in the greater Portland area. So let's talk about the different levels of basketball right now. Uh, wh- what, are the, what are the levels and, and kind of the season for each level? So our youngest level is called Hot Shots, and we actually offer this both in the fall and the winter, but our winter um, numbers are the biggest. Right. And our winter Hot Shots, like I said, are first and second graders, boys and girls. They are co-ed teams with a mixture of grades, and that season runs um, for all of our basketball teams. They can begin practice on November 20th, and for Hot Shots, their first game is in December, and then it will pick up in January. And then for our, our next level is our third through eighth grade basketball. And same thing, those practices can begin November 20th. And um, their first game is the first weekend in January, which is uh, January 6th. And then for high school, um, we have two different leagues. So there's a 9-10 league and 11-12 league. And that one, their first game is in December, and then it'll pick back up in January. And for all of these, we do offer an end-of-season tournament, and that is dependent. It's either in, uh, runs the end of February through March for all of those. Uh, That's great. So all the different levels there, if uh, parents are thinking about having their kids sign up, and uh, you can can again go on the website cyocamphoward.org and get all of the details about registration, how to do it, all of, I, and I'm assuming, too, all the dates are posted there as well. Absolutely, yes. Um, each club practices, you know, they practice on different days and different times. So depending on your grade, they would have to contact their athletic director. But for, yes, but the games are listed. We do have a calendar on our website that does have all these dates as well. Excellent. So I wanted to say, again, I mentioned this earlier, talking about all the help that is needed to uh, operate CYO basketball, and some of that involves basketball officials. And so these are hired positions, correct? That is correct. It is a a great, great job for high school students in particular. Um, Both of my girls were uh, basketball officials, and they primarily do their games on Saturday. Um, Most officials will work anywhere between two and four games and like I said it's on Saturdays so you know most people don't have much going on during the day in terms of homework and so they can go earn a little bit of extra money and um, get some work experience as well. That's wonderful and again details as far as wanting to be official on the website? Yes it Yes, and there it'll say referee opportunities, and it's in our sports section. Excellent. And I see here, too, from some of the notes that you sent me that there are a couple of training sessions that uh, you can go to or you have to go to as part of this. Yes, yes. So November 19th. And then there is a jamboree that we do in December, and that's for the third through eighth grade basketball teams. And the first weekend for that is December 2nd, I believe, and um, which is a Saturday. And we ask that all new officials be able to um, work on that day as well, because those are mini games. And so it's a great way to kind of take what you learned in training and apply that to a real game situation. Right. Excellent. Again, so a great opportunity for high schoolers out there looking to make some money and participate in really a wonderful sport, CYO basketball. Go to the website, CYO camphoward.org not only to register 
your kids for the basketball program. But again, if you're interested in being an official, all the details there as well. Jenna Bass is the Director of Communications for CYO Camp Howard. Jenna, great to talk with you. Thank you for all the information. Always love talking with you. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for giving us this opportunity. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. It is 822 here at Mater Day Radio. Uh, I hear so many people talk about how much they love CYO sports and how many kids send eventually send their own kids on to play sports with them. That's a great program if you have an older child interested in becoming a ref for basketball. So I will be sure to add that information to today's podcast. And when you go online to materdayradio.com, check out our community calendar. Maybe you're looking towards uh, spending a little bit of time shopping for some Christmas gifts this year. There are so many parishes out there starting, I think, tomorrow. You're going to start to be able to go to craft fairs and just find something beautiful and homemade there. You're going to find so many listings on our community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at materdayradio.com. But Download that free Hail Mary media app because that has an integrated map system. So no matter where you happen to be driving to, if it's a parish you've never been to before, well, maybe stay for evening mass and do a little bit of shopping while you're there. It is the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Alex Nelson, Stewardship and Development Officer of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. Archbishop Alexander Sample invites you to attend a special pilgrimage to Rome to visit the heart of the church and celebrate vocations to the priesthood and religious life. This 11-day pilgrimage from September 25th through October 5th, 2024 will include stops in Siena, Florence, Assisi, and Orvieto. Pilgrims will experience private guided tours and have the opportunity to visit magnificent churches, holy places, museums, and Roman ruins. Pilgrims will also get to attend the diaconate ordination of American seminarians at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome with Archbishop Sample presiding, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. For more information, visit our website, archdpdx.org rome, archdpdx.org rome. Thank you and God bless you. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. 
And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you. Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. 825 at Monterey Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat, and it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. Yes, it it is. I'll tell you why just ahead. And it's a big year of celebration at the Pope's Church. 1700 year of celebration. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Sean Garrison and Sarah Kroger, God Alone. And we are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. of gladness for the Lord the most high the awesome is the great king over all the earth sing praise to the Lord sing praise sing praise to our king sing praise in God alone my soul rejoices in God alone my spirit sings he alone my strength my fortress Pour out my heart in praise to God alone. Oh God, you are my God. I seek you, my soul thirsts for you. I will bless you all my life. Lift my hands and call on your name. Sing praise to the Lord, sing praise. Sing praise to our King, sing praise. God alone, my soul rejoices. God alone, my spirit sings. He alone, my strength, my fortress.
Afterday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. That is uh, Sarah Kroger and Sean Garrison. God alone. It's 8.30. The Diocese of Rome has planned a full year of events to mark the 1,000 700th anniversary of the Archbasilica of St. John Lateran, which was dedicated on November 9th in the year 324. The church is the cathedral of the diocese and the seat of the Bishop of Rome, who is the Pope. Until the 14th century, the adjoining palace served as the pastoral resident. The Diocese of Rome will open the year of celebrations with a solemn pontifical mass celebrated by De Dantis on the afternoon of November 9th. The mass will include music written for the occasion by Father Marco Frisina, Italy's most popular contemporary composer of religious hymns. Other events planned throughout the year include concerts, masses, and religious cultural talks about the history of the Archbasilica and the adjoining Lateran Palace. The anniversary celebrations will close with mass on November 9th, 2024. Well, they may be getting closer to a resolution, but students in the Portland Public Schools districts will be out of the classroom for the rest of the week, and no deal has been reached yet between the administrators and union. PPS officials notified families that school will be closed today due to the strike, and tomorrow is a holiday for Veterans Day. Oregon Governor Tina Kotek's office has directed mediation as the teacher strike continues, and the Oregon Chief Financial Office has also stepped in to take a hard look at the finances to help the two sides find common ground and bring an end to the strike. Teachers say they're hopeful now that the state and school board have stepped in and may see resolution by Monday. A representative of Israel's Ministry of Foreign Affairs Monday urged Pope Francis and all political and religious leaders to continue building international pressure for the release of hostages abducted by Hamas. Speaking during a November 5th video conference on the war in Gaza, Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesman Lior Hyatt said they are aware of Pope Francis' repeated interventions on the war in Gaza and voiced his believe that the Pope and the Vatican hold an important moral stand in this case. He noted that Pope Francis and other Vatican officials have had phone calls with several international leaders, including the presidents of the U.S. and Iran and the Palestinian president. Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, a spokesman for the Israeli Defense Force, also spoke on the call, saying their goal, as outlined by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, is to remove Hamas as a governing institution and that they will not cease military activity until the task is accomplished. The person suspected of shooting and killing one man and wounding another Tuesday night later shot and killed himself near Piddock Mansion in northwest Portland. The Portland Police Bureau reported yesterday police have not yet identified the subject. They were first called to a parking lot full of tractor trailers in St. John's in North Portland just after 6.30 where they found a 39-year-old man bleeding from gunfire. Officers later tried to stop the bleeding with tourniquets, but he died of his wounds at a local hospital. Fifteen minutes later, police were called to another shooting near Northeast Martin Luther King Boulevard in Russell Street. There they found a man shot and seriously wounded. And about three hours later, a park ranger found a man dead inside a car in a parking lot at Pittock Mansion. Police believe the man was responsible for shooting the other two men. 
A court ruling expected this morning will determine whether enforcement of Portland's daytime ban on homeless camps can begin next week as planned by city officials. Homeless Portlanders represented by the Oregon Law Center filed a class action lawsuit against the city at the end of September, arguing that Portland's camping ordinance violates state law and the Oregon Constitution. Attorneys filed last week for a preliminary injunction asking a Multnomah County judge to block the ban while the court case unfolds. The judge is expected to rule on that motion after hearing arguments today. Judge Judith Matarazzo previously denied the plaintiff's request for a temporary restraining order. The Portland City Council adopted the new ordinance back in June and it went into effect in early July, but city officials pledged to wait until the fall before enforcing the camp ban, saying they'd spend the intervening months on education and outreach so that homeless Portlanders and service providers alike would be prepared for the shift. In sports, Portland Trailblazer forward Jeremy Grant scored 38 points last night, but Sacramento pulled out the win in overtime, 121 to 118 over the Blazers. The Blazers will play their third game without rookie point guard Scoot Henderson. He's still out with a sprained ankle. No word yet if Scoot will be available as the Blazers travel south to face LeBron James and the Lakers at the Staples Center on Sunday night in Los Angeles. And you know who loves basketball? Who? That round little guy with the big white beard and the red suit. Santa likes basketball? Santa loves basketball. He sure does. He loves to hoop it up. And he loves Pioneer Courthouse Square because he was there yesterday giving out candy to all the good little girls and boys maybe even the bad little girls and boys too. i was gonna you didn't get any candy did you <laughs> no i didn't but you know what i did see that big tree went up and that's what happened yesterday at pioneer courthouse square they raised a seven thousand pound douglas fir tree with a big giant crane it's now up in the middle of the square they'll get that thing decorated and have the annual tree lighting ceremony taking place on the square friday november 24th it's that is just it's christmas you know when they light Certainly. that thing up there it it is ready to go and we got festival of lights starting up and uh, we've got ed long wall coming in to tell us about how you can help uh with uh giving christmas gifts out so yeah it's in the air i can feel it It, it's that little tingle you know my uh, my folks are coming out for the thanksgiving holiday i'm going to take them for a drive in the dark to see that christmas tree all lit up that's going to be beautiful. I think so. And then last night I was on my walk and, uh, well, it wasn't night. It was still afternoon, but it felt like felt night because like it was dark. dark. Uh, but we, we have a little special needs child in, in our neighborhood and she's just precious and just always out there kind of waving and saying hi. And I walked by her house yesterday and I noticed it was lit with Christmas lights <gasps> oh. already. They had put the Christmas lights up and I could see in because it was dark. I could kind of see into the house. There was a Christmas tree in there. So, you know, I just, I know, I know she's just thrilled by that. So I just love it. And it just, you know, for me, it was like, okay, here we go. We're ready to go into this great time of year. Patrick, you got me excited for the holidays. I am excited about it. Well, 50 years is a lifetime for most people. And 50 years in the same profession, almost incomprehensible in the modern age. Priesthood, however, is not a career. It's a vocation and one that a priest takes seriously. 
The white hair on Father Bill Sullivan's head is a testament to the more than 50 years of priestly experience under his Roman collar. He doesn't walk as well as he used to, but his mind remains sharp and his love of service as keen as ever. Even in his retirement years, he stays active by assisting at parishes within the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Yet he has still more wisdom to share with younger generations of priests and to those in the pews. He says, first of all, if prayer's not there, you're going to crumble. Priests must maintain a healthy spiritual life and deep devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. The sacrament of penance, he says, is crucial, not only for priests, but for the laity as well. And don't be a loner. Get some exercise, he says. Get to know your people when becoming a pastor, and you should consider their opinions of the parish. Take care of that parish, including the grounds, and welcome children and help build their faith. Now, while living the life of a priest, it's not an easy vocation. It is very much a blessed one. Father Sullivan stated that, I will say that wherever I've been, I've been blessed with very faith-filled people. They give you strength to accept what God wants you to do. What a pastor. I, I just, I love that. And as, as we mentioned previously, I was baptized in that diocese in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and my grandfather's middle name Sullivan. So I wonder, you know, we have lots of family still in that area, although it's been many years since we've been there, but there might, there might be a family tie there. I got to check on that. You, you might have a legacy of holiness in your family, Patrick. Well, he's certainly a ho- holy priest and that's, that's just great advice, but we'll, we'll check, we'll, we'll check into the family tree and see if there's some connections there. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up on November 12th at 10 a.m. is the Death, Dying, and Beyond, a practical discussion of Lend of Life. It is happening at Siena Hall at Holy Rosary Church. Join a discussion with attorney John Koch on the practical things to know in preparation for the end of life. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media app. Well, it is getting to be the Christmas season, and it's the season of giving. And we'll check in with our friend Ag Langlois is here from Catholic Charities of Oregon to tell us all about the big toy drive. You'll want to hear all about that after we check the weather next. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Can a moral relativist object to God's goodness based on the problem of evil? The answer is no, at least when it comes to moral evil, and here's the reason. You see, moral relativism states no moral truths exist independently of the individual. That's to say what is right and wrong is relative to what the individual determines. Now, how can a relativist deviation from his own moral standard be considered morally evil when there's nothing to oblige him to follow his moral standard? The answer is, it can't. But if no moral evil can exist within the mental framework of moral relativism, 
Well then obviously a relativist complaint about the problem of moral evil is useless. So the relativist either has to give up the complaint about the problem of moral evil to keep relativism, or give up relativism to keep the complaint about the problem of moral evil. The relativist can't have both. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities program information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. 843 at Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. A little foggy on the bridge today. That's going to burn off by around 10. And then the rain rolls in this afternoon. 80% chance with a high of 50. A 100% chance of rain tonight. Low 42. And the rain back tomorrow. Just rain all the way through the weekend. So plan, plan accordingly and enjoy the sun breaks. Uh, because there will be a few. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to the few, right? Currently it is. 42 degrees at uh, St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Vancouver. And they're off to a chilly start in Cottage Grove. It's 39 at Our Lady of Peace. As we embark on this holiday season, people are starting to get out, doing a little bit of shopping because we want to make sure that we have a wonderful celebration when our family gathers for that event. But for some families... Some families new to the country, well, Christmas doesn't quite have the same meaning because they're unable to provide what every parent wants to provide for their children. That's where Catholic Charities of Oregon aims to step in. They are hosting a toy drive for family, and the agency looks to spread our Catholic and Christmas joy to everyone in need. Joining us today to tell us more about it, our good friend, Ed Longwa. Good morning, Ed. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. It sounds like I'm going to get a little soggy on the way home tonight, based on what Patrick just said. Uh, but now, are you still riding your bike out in these uh, kind of cold, foggy mornings? I do. I do. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's my great joy to uh, ride my bike, but it, it I don't like the dark and the wet get a little too much this holiday season. So you're right. We need to bring some joy and some light into this weather, dark, gloomy time. Ed, you need to get one of these cool lighted vests that Patrick has. He says that he plays his music in his lighted vest. It looks like a disco party when he's <laughs> walking down the road. I, the well, bicyclists have me beat, though, Ed. The way these people light up their bikes, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it looks like a parade float on some of these yeah. bikes. 
Yeah, like a carnival. Yeah. I like those ghost, those ghostly jackets that look like a white ghost is just floating down the road. I kind of like those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, with this time of season, Ed, you can string a few a Christmas lights on your bike, spread a little bit of cheer mm. wherever your pedals have to be taking you this season. And for so many in our community, especially with the economy that it, way it is, the dollar doesn't go as far. And, of course, the first thing that kind of gets set to the wayside are those luxuries that we would ordinarily be spending on. And some of that could be, well, some of those gifts that we have under the tree. You all there at Catholic Charities, well, you want to make things right for some families. Tell our listeners about your program. You're right, Brenda. You know, we have done housing now for 20 or 30 years and we have a great many families in our more than a thousand units across Western Oregon who are, uh, they're struggling. They're, they're low income and, you know, our, our affordable housing helps them uh, to get by as they're uh, adjusting to life, getting jobs, getting better. And when Christmas comes around and holidays come around, it's just awfully hard for them to oh, buy those presents that the kids are, are hearing about. Many of these families, as you noted, are refugee families. And uh, they've got these images of America, you know, that, that uh, it's a bountiful place and the kids aren't uh, uh, divorced from that. So they might see a toy on TV that, uh, gosh, I'd really like that. Well, we don't want to be luxurious uh, necessarily, but we do want to get some nice basic toys for these families. And that's where our toy dive is going to come in. It's the first week of December we'll be collecting toys. Uh, and. Uh, People can give them uh, either through an Amazon wish list that we have set up, or they can drop them off at our offices uh, December 4 to 6, between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., and we're 2740 Southeast Powell Boulevard. And then once you collect the toys that we get, how do they, how do they go out from there? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Patrick. Uh, we're, we're calling this a holiday helper. Those are the people bringing the toys. And then the oh. other little word we have is called the, the toy and joy shop. Because at the end of that first week of December, we're going to set up a little Christmas. Uh, we're we're going to go North Pole here on Powell Boulevard and have a little Santa's workshop with Christmas lights and cocoa and music. And then gifts set out so that families can come and pick what they would like for their kids. And um, I think there might even be some Catholic Terry's elves dressed up uh, to help wrap gifts if the families want to do that. Or we're going to have a table where the families can wrap their own gifts for their kids if they'd like. And uh, I don't know, there's a rumor that someone might be wearing green tights as an elf. We'll, we'll have to see if that comes true. Ed, are you already getting your costume planned? Well, I ride my bicycle every day so that, that my life could be, look better in tight. So it's a strong possibility. Ed Longwall joining us today. He is the Director of Communications for Catholic Charities of Oregon. I love this idea. Now, in my household, I do the wrapping. because, And that's just kind of one of those evenings I get together and I start putting these things together. That is one of the things that parents can do. It's not like they're, they are just receiving a gift, but they know their children. They know their family. They have an opportunity to kind of pick these things out. Now, is there a specific, you talked a little bit about a list or things available. What kinds of things and age groups are you hoping to collect for? And what are some of those items that are big on the list? I have a little list here. I can go through a few of them. And we're, we're looking for things from a broad age group, I think even from preschool up into the teenagerhood. So uh, 
of course, everybody likes gift cards. That's something that's kind of fun to get. And the, the stores that our, our folks seem to like are, are Target, Walmart, Fred Meyer, and then Amazon, but also arts and craft stores. We were finding a lot of the refugee children are quite interested in art as a way to express themselves. You know, they, they maybe don't know English real well, so art is one way they really like to express themselves. And, of course, there are board games, uh, Legos, Hot Wheel cars. For some reason, I don't know why Barbie is a popular choice this year. Uh, go huh. figure. Go figure. <laughs> we also like educational toys. Uh, books, of course, are fantastic. Stuffed animals, dolls, arts and crafts. And then for those teens, maybe some sporting equipment like oh, a nice basketball or a, or a football or something like that so that they can, they can aspire to be heroes just like every other kid in America on the sports field. Well, you know what is wonderful is just recognizing what is on this list. And for refugee families, for children, they want to be like the other children that they see. There's not a big difference. They want joy. They want love. And just one of these wonderful gifts would just be all the difference in the world. And even on your press release, Ed, they talked about how a a woman remembers receiving a gift and how it was just the best thing she she ever had and she just loved the way that catholic charity gives and now she likes to give back it's just such a great opportunity for people to join in you're you're spot on when you talk about that refugee child experience Uh, they really do just want to fit in and the young woman you're talking about is sing sian nem she's a member of the the zomi community from Myanmar who've been migrating to portland maybe the past 15 or 20 years really based at St. Joseph the Worker Parish in Southeast Portland. She's now a University of Portland student, and one of her strong memories of when she arrived as a little girl was getting a big, warm coat on Christmas. You know, it wasn't anything fancy, just something to keep her warm in this uh, Oregon weather, which was very different from, from her Burmese roots. And she said it was the, like one of the first times she felt kind of supported by the, by the wider community. And she feels like that kind of support and that love, that, that coach symbolized the support that helped her go on this path. She's now a University of Portland student, and I interviewed her. I think she's going to be in charge of something big someday. Oh. So, Ed, you know, our listeners are so generous and so giving, and I know they're going to want to be a part of this. So one more time, tell us about the collection, how people can yeah. get involved, and how they can, how they can make that gift that is going to ripple through our community. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah, you can go to CatholicCharitiesOregon.org, then go to the blog button, and then you'll see this story called Be a Holiday Helper. It'll have that list. It'll have a QR code you can scan to go to that Amazon wish list. Uh, or you can drop off the gift directly to our offices, 2740 Southeast Powell Boulevard in Portland. And that we're collecting December 4th to 6th between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Now, if you have questions, our good pal here, Jen Tui, our volunteer coordinator, people can call her at 503-807-9441. That's 503-807-9441. That's Jen. Oh, fantastic. Well, Ed, thank you for all that you do. The great work there of Catholic Charities of Oregon. We'll keep talking about this on the Morning Blend, too. So that way, well, your Christmas tree will just be overflowing with gifts that you'll be able to give away. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We couldn't do it without you and your listeners. Thank you. God bless. 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Dei Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 854 on the morning blend with Brenda and Pat and that fog is starting to burn off a little should be all gone by 10 and then the rain rolls in this afternoon 80% chance of those showers a high of 50 100% chance of rain tonight low 42 right now it's 39 in the Rose City and closing out our show today this is Josh Blake Josh Blakesley be lifted high Easy for you to say. <laughs> That's right. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Your voice is over the water. Your voice is over the sea. Your voice is mighty in power and wisdom and love and charity.
Afterday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. That is Josh Blakesley. And lift it high up. Let's lift it. It's 8.59. Well, there's a two-hour show, Patrick. That went by so fast. I just had this vision of Ed Longois in green tights. <laughs> right I just can't get that bike. out of my head. <laughs> Oh, that's it. Well, now, see, you you put that image in my head now, too. So uh, he'll make, sleep tonight now. He'll make a good Santa's helper. That's going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. You can live with passion with Father Cedric this evening at 730. We hope you have a very blessed day. God bless.